0: Welcome. We are glad you're here. Um, I think we'd probably be be stupid, or I could use a fancy word, remiss, if we didn't ask God to just uh, watch over us, bless us, take care of us. I am so thankful for um, all that he's given us. We're, I mean, we're blessed, even the ones of us who feel like maybe we aren't. I remember the days of drilling wells for nonprofits in Nicaragua and sleeping on the dirt next to the family in the hut. And I think we can easily forget one of my new friends from Propel Church, our brother-sister church who's meeting here, too, um, said I was at a mega church and they don't have the capacity that this place has technologically, and and then I watch Propel. They're just so inspiring to us. And all the great people here who just love the Lord. Because you need to remember how we got here. So join me. Father, I just ask that you would, and you're the only one who can see down inside Doug's heart. I can open my heart up, and I do. But you know things about me I don't even know yet. And that's that way for all of us. And I pray that you would just seal this place with your presence this morning. We do love you just because we do. And you love us just because you do. And I think sometimes maybe we forget to just stop for a minute and say, thanks. You pray inspire uh, us to understand and to be inspired by the words that you um, have written in that really cool book we call the Bible. You told them to go make disciples; the original twelve, and so they went off to make disciples. <laughs> and you told them to teach everybody what you taught them. We're spoiled. We got what you taught them, what Jeremiah taught them, what Moses taught them, all in a book. So inspire those words, God, to be sharper than two-edged sword, to divide right from wrong, and just to guide us. Thank you so much for who you are and for all your blessings. Amen. Cool. So um, today's a really special day, and um, Because we're not really great at promoting things. I'm not sure that somebody said to me once recently, like, who does your social media? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I idea. Katie does some things, people post things, this and that. Um, But today's a super important day. And so if you're here as a guest or you're just here as a friend, um, you get to be part of a a really important day for us uh, in the life of our church. Um, Today's the day that we start or we invite um, each other and we start 21 days of prayer, and, um, and you may wonder why we're doing that, um, and I guess it would say this, we're desperate. I don't know how to put it other than that. Um, we're desperate. Uh, we, we just want to worship him even more. I mean, it's not that we aren't worshiping him. It's not that we're not serving him. It's not that we don't see him doing things. But, but we're at this precipice, and I don't know if um, all of you know, and if you're new friends for us, I know you don't know, but, but it has been an incredible, incredible year. We started out this year with three things. It was so cool that the elders, the leaders around here, when they were meeting back in like October, November of last year, really felt like God told us that we should lean in and do three things. So we didn't say anything about it. We just prayed. Then the staff, they were meeting, and they really felt like God had said, hey, you need to lead in and do these three things. Now, I'm part of all these groups, so I'm just chuckling because it's the exact same three things. So then we get the church together. Once, once a year we kind of get together and pray and go, hey, you know, this is where we're at, so we're going. We don't we do not do church meetings or any of that kind of stuff, but just to pull everybody together. And so we said, hey, and if you, some of you were there at that meeting. We're like, what do you think we should be doing? And they named all the same three things. So, like, you just got a great year when you have everybody independently hearing the same thing, getting ready to do the same thing, to lean in on the same thing. And so we started off this year with this dream, right, to continue to strengthen this community inside these walls. So anybody who came in the door to make sure that we did a really good job of connecting with them and for the ones who've been here forever, that we leaned in and, and if there was anything they needed or just empower them. And, and, and to be honest, we're pretty good at the inside thing. But that connecting piece, like that, you know, like, you know, the, the water bottles and the foyer and the stuff like that. And, how, and so we're doing these, like Carrick uh, mentioned it, we're doing these Welcome brunches to help people figure out how to get involved because for us it's just very organic. We just are here and we hang out here and we make friends here. But sometimes when you come from the outside, you know, and I've been traveling a bunch right the last year and a half, uh, going to a ton of different churches, talking to them about this incredible discipleship thing that God's done, and and I see it's so weird to walk in. You don't know what to do. You don't even know where the bathroom's at, right? So we're trying to get better at that. But even more so, we've been praying that God would give us influence in the community whether it's through us or somebody else. In fact, what we've been doing is praying for other churches. We, Propel um, doesn't even know, like before Propel ever came and said, hey, we're starting a church, we need a place to meet. We'd already been praying for Propel. Because we just pray for these other churches. Because we're like, we don't have to be out front. Some of the greatest revivals started by little ladies in their bedroom that nobody found out until six months later that she'd been on her face praying and grandfathers praying, Right? Like you don't have to do the work, you just have to be part of the work. And so we just, we really, it's just been cool, so we lean in on that, and of course we have this incredible daycare, like year 10 or something like that, this incredible daycare, it's always been, uh, well it started out excellent and affordable, and Jamie, our entrepreneur, has changed it to uh, exceptional, I think she just needed to change something we did, exceptional and affordable, but we always wanted to do ministry, so we've developed a ministry model, right, right? Kendra's been diving in on that. We've developed a ministry model to provide more holistic ministry to those families, like 60 families, a lot of which aren't doing it. So, it's just, so, it's, so this is what God told us to do, right? He told us this sustainable discipleship, right, this model of making disciples that, that works 95% of the time and we thought it was just an anomaly for here and then it spread and this and that. And, and we're getting about 84 contacts a month now from around the globe, people who want us to help them. Uh, and we're just, like, overwhelmed. So we started out this year with those three circles. We're going to work on the church inside and the community inside and outside, and we're going to really try to get people saved, whether we just fund somebody else saving them, whatever. Like, everybody should hear, you know, and we're going to use this building to do that. Um, and then, really, the daycare. And, and, and the cool part is, is that God has done this incredible things, right? So, like in the last 18 months, God dropped out of the sky, miraculously, $400,000. And uh, we used that to fix up the daycare, and, and we were capable to fix all the systems here. So the building's about 30-something years old, right? We had 19 air conditioners that all, I mean, we had duct tape, you know, paper clips. You got it, right? And so God just, he gave us the ability to refresh to fix so we didn't have to just constantly struggle and sweat and everything. And this was just air conditioners. It was expanding the daycare space and all this. And he showed us pretty much exactly what to do with like all of that money. In fact, a bunch chunk of that money is in savings for future 19 air conditioners dying and things like that, right? And so, but he's given us the ability to fix the building, the, the ability to upgrade things to make them simpler. We, we've totally just improved yet again the children's ministry, right? Like. It's so simple, and it's so effective, and we always say kids first here, right, because they can't feed themselves, so we're going to do that. The student ministry room's been revamped, and the student ministry's been revamped, and, and we're going caving, and on trips, and retreats, and we're just, we have, it has been so cool to see everything that God has done. The daycare is at full enrollment. That's it. Until we hire another teacher and we have one more classroom we can open, then we have one more classroom we can build. When have we ever been at full enrollment? Yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. You do this. Right? Not because we're at full enrollment, because that's 61 families that we get to carry out this mission with. That's cool. It's 84 contacts a month. This church, as a result of this church this year, there are 1,392 disciples, new ones. That's not people who are already in the three-year process. New disciples being made this year around the globe. Isn't that cool? Okay. Yeah. So, so God's just doing all of this really cool stuff, added 30 churches to the network, and just all this. It's so funny because people come here from around the country to come visit or learn about sustainable discipleship, and they go... I went to church there was like 70 people and i'm like oh that was a good day (laughs) and they're like how can you have books and all this and claim that this works when no one's here and I i said we made disciples i didn't say we make them here we have spent all this time it's like god put us in a bubble to work this problem out now we're trying to figure out how maybe to reach more of our community or partner with other churches to get that done But 1,300, never in my life would I thought I'd be part of 1,391 people actually getting discipled. I'm not talking about coming to an event. But actually spending three years of their lives, right? And, And we've had the daycare for 10 years. I cannot count the number of times that the elders have pulled out their checkbooks and written checks to keep that bad boy afloat. Because we knew God told us to do it but he had to grow us, but it's been incredible. And the list goes on and on and on. And I mean, even we had surprise, he's not in here this morning, I was hoping he'd be in here, but we had surprises like Kilo's House of Smile for differently-abled adults. He now has like five guys on board. When they hit the six one, Jesse comes on board him, and they just keep growing. So we're actually getting to achieve this goal that we've had for two years to actually help parents of differently-abled adults get a break, and at the same time help the kids. And I don't know about you, but I'm just kind of like, okay, well, maybe we got four circles. I have no idea. And it's just been an incredible year. So why desperate? Because I don't want to make a mistake. My, my friend Evan taught this morning on the fact that, that when the Israelites are getting ready to go in the land to all this blessing... God said, you're going to forget me. (laughs) I remember days, and I know you guys do too, where we sold vehicles, buses, computers, barbecues, anything we could pull off the walls, unbolt from the floors, to keep the dream of discipleship alive. Because it's it's not always flashy. I don't want to forget him as he blesses. Things are moving so fast. I don't know if you can see the bags under my eyes. No complaints. It's the result of a lot of opportunity. If Jamie wasn't an introvert, I'd make her stand up and turn around. Jamie's supposed to be our peppy little princess, and she's just like, yeah, tired. When Jamie actually admits that she's tired, she's tired. My wife looked at me the other day, wonderful woman, and said, how long is this sustainable? My buddy at North Star says this, Mike, we've been friends a long time, never seen a church do so much. You do more stuff than we do with like one-tenth, one-twentieth of the people. I said, well, thanks for the compliment. He said, you are definitely the best-kept secret. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) When you look at the last eight months, all you can do is kind of say, wow. You want to make sure that you follow him and stay... With him and stay in sync with God so often we do Henry Blackaby I don't you guys know because you did experiencing God you want to see where God's working and join him there instead of trying to demand that he comes to you and so we did that and we see where he's working and we're joining him there we're working and not only do we not want to forget him but at the same time there's a tendency for us to just take over and stop listening to the step-by-step in our own lives right and in the life of the church but at the same time with this blessing and this, this caution, this soberness to make sure we follow God, we have also suffered a lot of challenge and pain and trial. Surely your heart breaks like mine to see people who love, we know love God get so lonely that they jump into alternate lifestyles. Like that's just killed me. And you know, some of my brothers and sisters, Right? He's made some of our best friends idiots. I say that only because it takes one to know one. Surely you, like me, have lost sight, gotten your head in the sand, not exactly how I want to put it, and lost your way. He's even convinced a few of our younger uh, snowflake generation that they don't even believe in God. And this slays me. And, and we don't say this with any judgment because we're three taverns, right? We're just the motley misfits. Like we, 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 we're, That's us. We're open about our brokenness. That's one of the beauties of being a part of this body is, as, as Evan puts it, um, you can just... Show up in flip-flops, bare feet, be yourself. And there is no judgment because there's not. Because Jesus didn't come to judge. He came to save. And it's our goal. It's just rescue each other. So no judgment at all. Put broken hearts. Not performance. Not like we failed them. Everybody gets to make their choices. It's just so darn frustrating. Would you agree? to watch the enemy win and not be able to beat him at his own game. So we pray. And that's why today is like so important. Because even, even if the elders just go alone, we're going to do 21 days of prayer to, to, to see more of His power, to feel more of His presence, to let Him help guide us to maybe sway his heart to beg for a miracle that he could reach some of the people that we can't reach, not just the ones in this community or in that daycare or out there in the world who could make disciples, but, but maybe across the street. I mean, really, I guess um, the way one elder put it is, I, I just, before we go any further, want to sit in his presence. Reminding me of the, the great study of the book of Ephesians where Watchman Nee describes the three things that Ephesians teaches. First, it teaches you to sit in the presence of God. In solitude, to sit. Until you find peace. And then to do what? To stand. To not go anywhere, just to stand. To stand with God, to stand for God, to stand up. And then finally, once you've mastered the presence of God and the preparation, the purification, then to go out and begin right to walk. Sit, right, walk, stand. Just get in that. So, knowing all of this and seeing all this incredible opportunity that requires more hours than we have, We need a miracle. Or we need Him to tell us to do something different. But something's got to change. That's not a bad thing. To be willing to humble ourselves and to say, you know, God, how do you want us to do this? Because we know He doesn't call us to do more than He gives us the ability to do. We know that. And we know that He will never put you in a situation where His strength and His grace won't get you there but that doesn't mean he won't let you get tired that doesn't mean he won't take you out to the end as one elder put it yesterday in a a kind of a a prayer and planning meeting said well god's probably looking at us now and going well finally you've come back for more help (laughs) and don't think bad of our elders they pray all the time and and everything and it's not really that we've gotten ahead of them everything's just ramped up so quick that actually we need to stop instead of run. So, how do we get all this work done? Well, what we decided is that what we need to do is set aside some time to just consecrate ourselves to God and to say these words that Moses said. I love these words. If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. When it was time, right, to finally begin the journey towards the promised land and the people had already been idiots two or three times, forgetting God, panicking, how are we going to eat and why would you bring us here? There's this moment like of consecration and God says to Moses, I will go with you, singular. And this was Moses' response. No, 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 no. If you don't personally go with us, don't make us go. And he goes on to describe how if you do that, your glory won't be seen. How will anybody know that we're the children of God unless you go with us? How will the waters of the sea ever be parted again? How will manna fall from heaven? How? How? How, God? And so Moses pleads, an incredible leader Pleads, and it's he plead, almost like a direct command to God. And he says, if you won't go personally with us, this is not a matter of God going personally with any one of you or me or the leaders. It's with us. Why? Because His presence is more important than His provision. So often we pray for all the things we need, teachers and and, and instructions on ministry and, and for people to listen to this message about discipleship and for us to be able to share the gospel out there. And we pray He'll provide us for the money that we need to do these things or the people or the volunteers or the wisdom. And He does provide all of that. But greater than that is His presence. And Moses was no dummy. He knew that it didn't matter if God went ahead of them and won every battle, if God didn't go with them, it was a waste of time. Because what Moses wanted and what Moses knew was that to be in the presence of God was far more important than any provision of God. And he knew that God's grace was more important than growth. So why prayer? Why 21 days? Why? Why set aside the time? Why make the sacrifice? Why? Because we're trying to find Him, to follow Him. We've seen Him work, and He's given us incredible success. But in all the busy, in all the opportunity, will we make the error of our forefathers? Will we find ourselves forgetting Him? Will will we just start moving ahead with our own intellect? And though He gave that to us, wouldn't it be great if that was guided by Him? Will we get out there and do it ourselves, or will we see something so glorious, so fantastic, that everybody has to say, it's God? So, today... Everybody in this room finds themselves invited to join Him. To slow down, to seek Him for the next 21 days. To to get serious, to, to get sober, to... And to listen and to seek His presence. To seek purification, to make sure that we're ready for the journey. And then to ask for His provision yet again by 21 days I mean I could tell you like some fancy thing seems to be all hit the trend and then everybody to explain their 21 days says the Daniel fast that's awesome Daniel did fast for 21 days he's faced with a great trial Daniel one of the tremendous fathers of our faith in captivity in captivity Needed God, needed to see God, needed to hear from God. So he fasted for 21 days. He fasted from eating meat for 21 days. Just ate vegetables. 21 days he fasted. On the 21st day, God sent a messenger to him. This is what the messenger said. And these words are good for us to hear today. Fear not, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself. Do you get that? Set your heart. to God, I want to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I've come because of your words. So why didn't God come on day one of the Daniel fast? Why did He wait 21 days? He heard the words. He knew there was a need. But there's long been something about praying and fasting and, and as, as Jesus put it, nagging the king. That demonstrates our seriousness, that gets us to a place where maybe we're willing to set aside some things. And that's the whole idea of fasting anyway. Everybody thinks fasting was always, you know, food. But Daniel ate it, didn't eat meat. And people go, oh, i am got to fast this. It's, it's a matter of taking something out of your routine that's either so necessary or that you're so addicted to, i.e. TV or video games or whatever it is. And that every time you yearn to do that, instead you stop to pray. But on the 21st day, the messenger says, Daniel, we heard you. You've been heard since day one. And now I've come to give you the answer. I could tell you about Jesus, who before he started his ministry on earth did what? Went off to... He's God. And he goes off to what? Pray. And he, he, he fasts and he prays for 40 days. I could tell you about the disciples. I love that one. When they couldn't drive out the demon... And they're like, we can't, we were successful with all these little demons, but we can't get this one out. And Jesus says what to them? Don't you know that sometimes these things are only solved through prayer and fasting. This diligent, this effort. I could remind you of Joshua, who after everybody wandered around for 40 years in the desert, God comes and says, it's time, Joshua. All those disobedient adults are dead. The youth group is going in. Of course, they're 40 years old at this point. You're going in. And he tells Joshua, and he tells exact instructions, what to do, walk up to the river. It's going to part, the whole thing, it's going to start all over, the miracles of God. And Joshua, at the command of God, before they do it, says to the people, what? Consecrate yourself and pray for three days before we go. In other words, what? What? Get ready. Get ready. Oh, and I can tell you of their successes. Daniel becomes the political ruler over the people who took him captive in their system. They promote the captive, the exile, to the chief position of leadership. Or or how about Jesus? When he solidifies his defeat of the enemy, In the desert, before he even goes out to the battle we see. Or how about when Jesus and the disciples with prayer and fasting drive out the demon. Or Joshua, who fought the battle at Jericho, that was won by the worship team singing as they marched around the city. And these are the successes I can tell you of dedicated prayer, of times when people realize there's just a time to stop. So we just decided we were going to set aside 21 days. 21 days to pray, to consecrate ourselves, to prepare ourselves, to purify ourselves, to seek His provision, but more than anything, to seek His presence. Because provision is not enough. We want His presence. We don't want to go anywhere Not one step further, even in the work he told us to do, without stopping to check ourselves, to balance the scales, to make sure that we're following him. This would probably be good advice for every one of us at any stage of life. Young, old, retired, working, kids, no kids, to just stop every once in a while and go, you've given me all of this. We don't want the daycare to take those steps towards ministry without pausing to take a breath. We don't want to take sustainable discipleship further and send more people out, which requires more of God's provision without stopping to ask. We we don't want to mess these things up. We have people doing two, three, four jobs. Something's got to change. What do you do? Sometimes you have to stop and you have to pray. And we want to see God's presence so strong here that people out there don't even know why they come in the building, but they come in the building to see Him. They not care which service they come in for the early Propel or the late Three Taverns, or maybe we'll have ten others. That the presence of God will be like a column of fire over this place at night, whether people see it or not, and they're drawn to it. So for the next 21 days, I'm asking you, we're asking you to embrace the principle that the presence of God is more important than his provision. To to go with us to claim the promises of God. Before we go one step further in this grand journey, because it is a grand journey, It may have its challenges, it may have its heartaches, and there is a spiritual warfare going out, and the enemy is wiping out some of our people. But in reality, what? It is a grand journey. So before we go, before we go one step further, we stop to claim promises like this. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth to strengthen, in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. 21 days doesn't prove everything, but 21 days does say we're humbled and we seek to understand. 21 days will let us claim this promise. I think our hearts are already his, which should make this an easy launch. I want this promise. His eyes are searching to and fro for anybody who's committed to him, so that he could what strengthen them surely if he's called us to this this is a pathway promise i want to claim this one from second chronicles then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways i will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land before we launched this 21 days of prayer before we invited you just so you know the elders sat face to face like we do so often and looked at each other and said, is there anything in your life that you got to get worked out before you take another step in this journey? We looked at the staff before we did this and asked the same question. Because the point here is this, not that we're all bad people, but to ask God to drop His presence In the middle of a mess, uh uh-uh. But if we are called by His name, Christian, and we humble ourselves and pray and check ourselves, this is yet another promise we can claim. Or how about this promise? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. In other words, if you're so embedded and so tight with our Savior then His thoughts will be our thoughts. His strength will be our strength. And what we ask what? He will do. I want to know, we want to know what to ask, the right thing to ask. With the promise that He will do it. Don't you want that in your life too? And it all begins with presence. Perhaps my greatest promise The greatest one that all of us can attain to is this. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things, wisdom, direction, guidance, peace, grace, provision, presence. It all begins with a journey to say, I'm going to seek God and His kingdom. In other words, what does He want? And I think we've heard the beginning message of that, I think we're even on the path, but we're just, it's time to stop and seek. So today I invite you to join the elders, the staff, and the leaders to say this, if you won't go with us, God, we aren't going anywhere. If you won't go with us, God, we're not going anywhere. For the next 21 days, there's going to be no major decisions made in this place. We'll carry out the work that was put before us. Our staff is going to be put on a mandatory take a Sabbath once a week. And if they don't, they're gone. Our staff, our elders, are going to support this. Because you know how daniel got in captivity right does anybody know the final thing that god got ticked off about is that they didn't let the land rest he said you didn't give my land its sabbath rest it's not even spiritual it's dirt god's so serious about his design that requires a seventh rest and they didn't do it and they didn't do it and they didn't do it and they got sent off into captivity i don't want that blood on my hands do you So we're going to make sure that the staff and some of the volunteers are working their bottoms off seven days a week. Stop that, for at least for the next 21 days, and hopefully for the rest of their lives. We're going to take a big, deep breath and recenter ourselves in the midst, middle of all the hurry that he's blessed us with to make sure that we don't botch it up. For the next 21 days, we're gonna take it a little easier. We still have conferences to go to. We still have Sunday mornings. We still have partnerships. We still, the daycare's gotta be open, but we're gonna... Who's with me? Okay. I like what Caleb's doing. There's something about standing up and being seen If you're with me, would you stand? I want to read you a scripture and let's just say the very first prayer ourselves. Here, now, as a family. The first scripture for day one, which is today, is this. If you don't personally go with us, please don't make us leave this place. In other words, I don't want to do this without you. I did that before. Anyone give that a hearty amen? So God, I pray... We pray that you would be present here among us. That you would be present with us. We're actually doing this to just get in your presence, not personally, but as a church. But we know, God, that we're going to benefit personally because we can't be in your presence as a church without being in your presence personally. And Caleb stood up. I get it. We had lunch the other day. Both of us, more than anything, wanted to just stand in your presence. I'm fine. We can chop wood or Do trash or be incredible business people, whatever. (laughs) But really, we want to be in your presence. And I know that's for so many people here, whether it's moms or people at work or ministry. So we just ask for your presence, your presence in the community, inside and outside, God, for your presence in that daycare. Oh, my Lord, would you blow through that place? Make them ask, How are you so cool? And have our, your presence there to give our teachers the words. And God, your presence during the whole sustainable discipleship planning. Your presence with our leaders as they try to figure out how to manage all of this growth. your at being so small. Your, your presence, God, as we walk with Propel and, and, and in this, try to reach this community for Christ. Your presence, God, in our worship. Your presence in our prayers. We just ask for your presence. Day one. Please go with us, God. And all the people said, amen. No, you said, please go with us. And all the people said, please go with us. Now you can say amen. 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 All right, good. Have a seat real quick. I'll tell you how this is gonna work. Because everybody's like, every, there, there's somebody out there who's like, I need to know the details. He's back there in the booth, right? All right. So you get this, you get this handy-dandy prayer guide, you're gonna get one a week. Week one, we're praying for his presence. Week two, we're going to pray that he purifies us. Week three, we're going to pray for his provision. Provision and guidance, send us his provision. As Tim says, I go, Tim, how are we going to pay for all this stuff that it seems like God wants us to do? And he said, we're going to dodge bags of money falling from the sky. So, <laughs> like some weird version of Frogger, okay? So, um, so you every, every week you get one of these guides. There's some quickie instructions on the back. The idea here is you can expand on this.'t we're just giving you a couple things. Like, they, like today before you go to bed, you're going to pray, right? You're going to pray for the children's ministry. With, for Greg and Brittany as they lead Wednesday kids. We get, but man, you could pray forever, pray for all the elders, pray for the staff. pray for the people in the church. Pray, you expand this, however, but you're going to get a theme for your prayer every day. okay? If you don't have this piece of paper, we're going to make sure this is available on the church app. Because we've worked four straight 16-hour days, we haven't done this yet. Nor have we gotten the electronic newsletter ready to go out yet. Nor are we ready for the next two meetings. Nor are we ready at 6 in the morning to have the prayer guide on the screen. This is as far as we've gotten. Because we have way too much to do. But this will be available on the church app day by day. We're going to have the church open at 6, at 12, and at 6. So six in the morning, the place will be open for the people who are morning birds. I do not like you because it's gonna be my job to get this open, and that is my private time. But I'm gonna share it with you. Six in the morning to around eight, but it'll be open all day. Soaking music, there'll be a slide reiterating these things up there, these will be available. Then at noon, for those of you who are close by and can take a lunch break, we're gonna stop at noon. I don't know how long, because that's gonna be a crossover whenever people can be here. And then at 6 at night, for those of you who are like, I can't do mornings, and I can't do lunch, but I can do after work. That will be, help some of our discipleship groups who just are rushing all day long, but they can catch some prayer before they meet for discipleship. This and this. 6, 12, and 6. That should be easy, right? So 6 plus 6 is 12, minus 6 is 6. Okay, <laughs> did I do that right? I'm so impressed with myself. All right, so, so what's the idea? The idea... Also is, if you want to level up, after you, on day two, you could pray day two's theme, and you could pray day one's. You could stack it, so at the end of this, you're praying all 21. That might take a little time, but I'm going to see, I don't know about you, if we're going to throw people in chairs here, because this is something we, the elders had this conversation. We say we want to reach that community, but if God threw 100 people at this church right now, what would we do? We would die. We have, no, we have no way to handle that. Like, and it's okay, but, but the point, it'd be great, yay! But we don't want people to just, what? What's the standard model? Something happens, God moves, people come in. It's like a Billy Graham thing. They always broke Billy Graham's heart. Because like we had 10,000 people come, 3,000 people get saved, nobody does follow up. Right? So we just want, you get it, right? So, so you can pray all 21 prayers and stack them up. If you want to fast... Let me just tell you, uh, you can fast for 21 days. You will not die. Uh, if you have diabetes like me, most of the people around you would prefer that you eat something, because when your blood sugar gets so low, you get, as Jeff Foxworthy would say, hangry. <clears throat> but whatever you can do, if you want to do that, just pray. Prayer is where we're starting. But if you want to, you want to kind of get a little focus, or get, I'm t- there is fasting a meal fasting for three days, fasting for whatever, man, it will lock you down because fasting typically was denying yourself food because it's a basic need. And there is a discipline that's learned in this when you can deny food, like a desire that, it's not even a desire, you need food. When you realize you can control that with God, you realize you can control just about anything else with God. It is a great personal journey. But, but, but you might want to do what I call the reminder fast, you know, dump TV for 21 days or You know, I don't know, dump a habit for 21 days. Do whatever. And every time you're falling apart, stop and pray. I call those reminder fasts. You do whatever you want, just pray. You stood. You almost clapped. Not bad for a middle class white church. You almost clapped. Somebody almost said hallelujah. I heard it. Right? So this is the Episcopal side over here. and, And these people actually almost got excited. You don't know this about our church. Hilarious. The people who like to dance and clap, we're all over here. It's a no, it's true. These people over here, they're like episcopals. But they love the Lord. They just it's true, isn't it? It is true. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. Anyway. yeah. Yeah. So weak. So weak you Episcopals just don't need to shout. Okay, so our side's cooler. Now, listen. Um, Whatever you do, pray. You stood, you get it, you heard it. It's a position where we can claim these promises. We just stop. At the end of 21 days, we'll see where God's got us. And I'll bet you he gives us the wisdom we need, the grace we need, the people we need, and the plan we need. And even if it takes another couple years for him to do that, we'll be re-centered to do the work that's put in front of us. Thank God for the three circles. It's been a fun year, hasn't it? Yeah. So, you see? I'm looking at Stephen. Stephen's one of my newer friends. He works with Propel. You see, though, it's true. They, they, they try. They, they try. It's all right. It's all right. I grew up Catholic. I understand. Okay, good, so <laughs> All right, good. So great first eight months. Let's knock it out of the park in the last four by following him. Okay? Um, if you want to let us know you're in, we'll create some vehicle for that because we'll pray for you too, because you're going to need it. <laughs> Tomorrow at six in the morning, we'll be here. You're on your own for tonight. Make sure you do day one. Um, I should probably do announcements now, but I just really don't want to. I want to sit in this moment, so I'm just going to say to you, they would really like you to come to Tacos and Trivia next Friday. It will be fun. If you're fasting food, it's going to stink for you. But you can pray. (laughs) (laughs) May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. You are not alone. Three taverns may not be the biggest community, but we have 30 years of proving that we never abandon, we don't judge. We only do things that matter, and we want to be useful to the King and to each other. God bless you.